Gross Point Blank is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals in last-minute tickets. Did you know MMA ticket prices tend to drop right before the event starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. It's a slow MMA week. If you want fight tickets, you're going to probably have to wait another weekend. But uh, don't forget music and theater tickets. GameTime's got them as well. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to Gross Point Blank. I am Josh Gross, joining you every week as we do on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Uh, This week, we are going to have Randy Couture's first extended interview since that scary, fateful, dire medical situation. The man had a heart attack two weeks ago. Um, And this is the first chance Randy's had a real uh, opportunity to discuss that moment, what his life is like now. And believe me, he's going stronger than ever. So looking forward to you hearing that. If you want the full version of the show ad-free, please subscribe to The Athletic. I include my thoughts on UFC 244 including President Trump being at Madison Square Garden, which I thought is pretty momentous occasion. And I get into some fun that I had in the aftermath. I did this big 32-man, 32, well, I'll say 32-fighter field, a BMF tournament. Uh, who's the BMFist person of all time, if I can say it that way? Um, I talk about that as well on the podcast this week. If you're interested, hope you are subscribing, go to theathletic.com backslash Josh Gross for 40% off the annual subscription. Um as it is, you're listening to this version of the show, and we love that you are. Uh, I would also ask you, please subscribe. That way you get the newest version as fast as it comes in. Uh, also, leave a rating and a review. That would be tremendous as well, especially if they're good. Um, but uh, we always appreciate your support, and uh, thank you so much. Welcome back to Gross Point Blank. Uh, as we spoke about, and a lot of people have wondered about, the health of Randy Couture for the last few weeks. Of course, the man is been out of the hospital we know this the press reports of walking home like he's some paul bunyan or something <laughs> and uh you know here we are now a couple weeks later not resting not not living a life that most people would think i had a heart attack i'm gonna just chill for a little bit randy couture's on the sets of movies and out and about uh better than ever randy is this the the rumor is better than ever i feel great uh you know back to normal maybe strangely normal um probably should have taken a statin and, and a blood thinner a long time ago and and who knows but uh you know everything happens for a reason you just have to kind of open your eyes and figure out what those reasons are sometimes and uh there's a whole bunch of things that it's just like a almost like a perfect storm uh a confluence of a whole bunch of things genetics and and uh it's just crazy but it is what it is so um yeah i don't know i uh <laughs> where to start even let's start here because this is where you decided you had to get up and get out and see and get some help right yeah we were what, here what were you, what uh, were i was you? i was up at a unbreakable finish a pretty standard you know four block routine of, four, let's of, just uh, set the metabolic standard, circuit standard four block routine for randy couture stuff, meta, yeah. just regular stuff for randy couture but apparently blows away rob gunkowski who can't believe that this is <laughs> your regular workout and he's there watching right and yeah. so he's kind of blown away by it but it, so just a regular mill workout for for randy couture it, it's what we normally do at unbreakable and and i was feeling 
unusually bad. Uh, I was like, man, I hadn't been that long. It's only been a couple weeks since I've been in here. It's not like I've been sitting on my butt. So I couldn't figure out why I just felt horrible and sweating and just felt, you know, and I'm a sweater anyway, but more than usual and just, you know, not feeling great in the workout and, and finished kind of rolled over on the mat and was laying there for a little while. And I'm like, man, I must've popped a rib. I can't get this ache to go away. I grabbed a foam roller and tried to roll out my spine and see if I can get my ribs to pop. And it didn't, it didn't, it popped, but it didn't really help. It didn't go anywhere. And I took our, our normal, you know, recovery drink after the workout and, and immediately had to run to the trash can and throw it up, which was a big red flag for me. Cause I've never been a puker. I've never exerted myself to the point. And I've done some shit frankly and some fighters uh, are pukers i've been in a lot of gyms yeah. and i've seen a well, lot of guys I've seen train. guys yeah paul bonatello when, oh, yeah, when he definitely. when he was fighting Tito Ortiz was notorious for, yeah, for we, wanting we, to throw up in practice know, i never i was just never been that guy and and so the fact that i threw that up certainly got my attention so i put on my dry clothes Minnie and i drove home and i thought well i just i must have really just done overdone it or i'm getting sick something's wrong i'll just lay on the bed relax you know i you know and I laid there, I don't know, five, maybe 10 minutes and nothing changed. It, this ache would not go away. And, and I was like, dang it, something's just not right. And, and Mindy had started her car and grabbed my wallet out of the car. I left it in the car and she came back upstairs and I was like, babe, I think we need to walk over the, to the emergency room. I just don't feel right. Something's not right. And she's like, okay. And we walked over there. Which, How many times you know, have you said that? Thankfully, Randy. never, never. Um, three weeks you know we're three blocks from from cedar sinai in the er so we walked over there madhouse in the er literally a madhouse every seat almost was taken um and it's probably like that all the time over there but said hey i'm having some weird chest pains i don't know what's going on you know like okay when they took my name said have a seat we'll get right to you literally in 10 minutes they had me in hooked up to an ekg and as soon as they hooked me up to the ekg they're like dude <laughs> All hell broke loose. They like had me on a gurney, rushing me upstairs. They're like, you are having a heart attack. Before um, that moment, how were you feeling internally about what you thought was going on? Did you feel I, endangered? I you know, they didn't really cross my mind, to be honest. I, I, like, I did something, but it, it didn't really dawn on me that I might be having a heart attack. It just didn't really register. Um, but I knew something wasn't right, so it was just weird. And... Uh, Obviously, the EKG told the story, and they literally nine people freaking out, rushing me upstairs to the cath lab to, to, you know, perform a procedure. Basically, they went in through my wrist. You can still see the bruise um, to get to my heart. My central artery was completely occluded from a blood clot. Uh, the thick blood that I have naturally um, I had a plaque rupture. They don't know what causes plaque ruptures. Uh, th there's so many things that align to make this happen. It's ridiculous. We go back to 1994. I'm in Oregon, Oregon State coaching. Went to the state tournament. Two of my buddies, it's one of their birthdays. We stop at Benihana's, have some food, watch the state finals. You know, they're both into wrestling and wrestlers themselves. Afterwards, we go to the country bar, shoot a game of pool before we have to drive the 90 miles back down to Corvallis from Portland. Uh, this guy comes tearing down the street when we're leaving. We were there only there 45 minutes, an hour. And, uh, this guy comes tearing down the street, almost runs me over, bounces off the car that's parked right next to my car, tears off through the neighborhood. I'm like, damn, that guy almost literally missed me by foot. And so we tear after this guy and we run him down. Um, 
finally get him to stop. He's running stoplights and stop signs and just out of control in this Honda Civic. I'll never forget it. I pull in front of him when he finally stops so he can't drive away. I get out of the driver's side. I park so close, my buddies couldn't even get out of their their doors. I'm like, what is your problem, man? You almost ran me over. And he was so drunk, he couldn't even roll his window down. This was a old Civic where you had to roll the windows down. And uh, so I'm like, get out of your car and try to pull him out of his car. Of course, he has the automatic seat belts. <laughs> so he doesn't come out. He slams it in reverse. He goes off down the street, runs me into a telephone pole on the outside of his car, takes his car door off on me, and, and I puncture along, break my ribs. Um, obviously, I did some damage to my heart in that in that situation. I didn't really know that. I was, you know, the ribs and the lung were the major issue. So now that all my other arteries are clear, but that central artery has scar tissue and damage, and and wow. there's about thirty percent occlusion from plaque wow. that's built up because of the injury. So you take that and the naturally high cholesterol. You take a 90-minute workout where I'm probably dehydrated from all the sweating that I do anyway. My naturally thick blood that bumps right up on the normal range of hematocrit and hemoglobin anyway uh, with the dehydration. And then nine months ago, and I'm 56 years old. I got a colonoscopy finally, you know, kind of got an, a concierge doctor that I'm working with, an internal medicine guy. That, And I'm like, you know, he tested all my hormone levels, which I literally hadn't done in eight years since I retired from fighting. I hadn't had a physical, hadn't had anything. So I was trying to get caught back up. He's like, well, man, your your testosterone levels are they're pretty low. They're not like horrible, but they're pretty low and could certainly be better. You know, I know you're not competing anymore. Do you want to try this testosterone replacement therapy? I'm like, okay. He explains it all to me and what's involved. And so nine months ago, I started the TRT program. Um, and so all these things kind of coupled together, uh, that's probably what bumped my blood from being right up at high end of normal ranges to just into the abnormal range above above normal uh the dehydration which thickens your blood the extra plaque from the injury and and my natural ability to to carry a little too much bad plaque or bad cholesterol uh all those things kind of aligned for this to to occur um so it was really kind of weird and yeah, thank God I wasn't somewhere else. I mean, two months ago we were hiking up, you know, Yosemite Falls and and talk about dehydration. I probably lost. It was warm. It was you know it's the end of summer and you know seven mile trip round round trip. But you're covering three thousand feet in elevation. It was a tough hike. By the time I got back, I was definitely feeling it. Imagine if I had had this occur there in the middle of nowhere. So what do, they, what do they say about moving forward now? Is Are there steps you can take to for the preventative? I mean, one, I've got to take a statin. I was trying to do it the natural way, keep my cholesterol down with red yeast rice, which is a natural supplement that does a lot of the same things that a Lipitor or a Crestor or one of these statins do. The statins do two things better. They, they First of all, they lower your bad cholesterol more efficiently, and they also stabilize the plaque so you don't have these plaque ruptures. Uh, and they can't really predict a plaque rupture. They don't know what causes them or, or why that happens. I'm just happens. picturing you like Phil Mickelson doing the, the commercials that he <laughs> yeah. does. Now, you can, now you've got something yeah. to talk about. All right. Well, I mean, I'll be the new spokesperson. I don't That'll need to work. take a cut. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> suggesting it. Um, so the statin is definitely on board. A blood thinner, you know, the, that stint is in that artery now, and, and they don't want anything to stick to that stint. And both my thick blood and any of the plaque that that's still there will will stick to that stent and reduce its efficiency and effectiveness. So, have to take a blood thinner. 
uh, probably for the rest of my, you know, over a year anyway, but we'll see. Um, the statin's probably on board for till I kick the bucket for real. Well, um, I want to ask you, can you continue the, the TRT, which is obviously something MMA no, fans I'm ha- are No, I'm weaning with. off of that, and, yeah. and that has to, you know, that has to be dialed in. I have to come up with a, another way of, of, of certainly monitoring that or keeping my testosterone levels uh, where, you know where they should be. Uh, not that they're not where they should be now, but but that uh, therapy probably was in, was part of what kicked it up. That's one of the things you hear about this connections. The reason yeah. that there's a lot there's of no reasons. long-term studies, but yeah, but that's what the, you know. There's like a lot of ringside physicians. These kinds of groups will talk about the effect of these substances on on athletes, right? Mm-hmm. And some of it like will change the dynamics of what your blood looks like, your thicker blood, or, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. Uh, and they say there's more strain on the heart. So just you know, interesting yeah. to see that there may be any kind of coincidence there. Yeah, them. yeah. So I mean, we'll you know that, that just met the blood doc yesterday. Had the follow up visit. My levels are still high. Right. Uh, still a little higher than normal, uh, but they're coming down, coming down where they should be. And they took another 500 milliliters of blood off. So I'm going to have to give blood on a regular basis with a, with a doctor. Just uh, add it to the schedule, Randy. Yeah. Like, just I put mean, it basically, calendar, you basically know? yeah. Because you got, you got plenty of time to squeeze that stuff in, right? Yeah. So, um, so that, I mean, that's going to be it, it from, from now on. Is I'm going to have to give regular blood probably every two weeks, maybe once a month and uh, keep the statin on board, one baby aspirin a day, and and then uh, this Brillinta, which is the thinner that will keep stuff from sticking to that stent. So I feel great, which is kind of odd. I mean, it's two weeks ago today. Right, but but you how how quickly did it turn around for you where you were starting to feel okay again? Friday, Friday. I walked home from the hospital Friday, and I mean, I felt I felt like I walked in here. I'm going to walk home. It's two blocks. Why would I? You know, three blocks. Why would I take a cab? That's ridiculous. So. Um, you know, we walked over, and, and I honestly have felt great. I was back on the movie set the next day. Right, so you actually missed uh, Friday because you were supposed to be on the set Friday. Missed Friday. Yeah. Uh, Is that the only— was back Monday, rested yeah. Saturday and Sunday. We had the 22 Jump uh, MVP Foundation fundraiser on Saturday down in San Diego. Obviously, liability reasons, they didn't want me to jump. I was scheduled to jump. So. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, guys. And they're like, no, fuck, <laughs> no, no, you cannot— I, you know, well, Jay like Glazer ju- threatened my life. He like like he jump from a plane? Is this what? Yeah, it was a parachute. parachute yeah, it's not a good idea. Like three times, days after a heart attack, I don't think most people would say that. Yeah. Most people would say that. Um, you disagree? No, I, 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 uh, I went along with the program. Uh, not saying I was happy about it, but so I that makes sense to a lot of people. But they didn't even want you broadcasting, right? Because you wanted to do the PFL on PFL Halloween. PFL absolutely and, and asked George me Greenberg to sit out. Had like some feelings around that's that, true. And, and he that's said, true. Hey, "Just." And he's had some other guys that he's worked with that that uh, you know he just felt was really important to to sit out. He said, "Look, put this in proper perspective. It's it's a fight. You know, we got more fights coming. We got the finals on New Year's Eve. Sit this one out, rest, recover." God forbid it, something should happen or a complication should occur. And then you've, you know, and I know this isn't stressful for you, but we really want you to sit out. And I'm like, okay, George, I, I, you know, I trust you. Uh, I'll do that. And, and commend them. Cause they said, we'll pay you. We don't care. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not about the money, but for sure. So that was nice. That was really cool. Yeah. It's, it, it sounds reasonable, but you, you again, were, were wanting to be there. 
I mean, it's what do we do. Yeah. I love that job. It's been yeah. so much fun to be involved in that the last two seasons and, and watch these fighters and they're, you know, taking that adversity, embracing the grind and just getting it done and just doing it in, in marvelous fashion. You, you really sound like you admire that fighter thing, that life, that sort of just dedicating yourself to that. If and, I was 34 again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be doing that. I would be getting into that and being in the regular season and trying to make the playoffs and trying to be that. Is that 97 Couture? Yeah. So <laughs> what, how would 97 Couture feel fair in, in, in what? I think the 97 years? Couture would have done really well. Yeah. I think he, it would have been right in my wheelhouse for sure. It's so much more in line with tournament sport athletes and, and what we did in, in wrestling and all of that anyway. But, uh, uh, I think I absolutely would have been on board. I, I, wrote, I wrote a thing that was uh, published on Wednesday on The Athletic, a 32-man BMF tournament, and 97 Couture was in there. 97 Couture made <laughs> So it's interesting to, to hear you sort of talk about that. What, what did you think about the, that promotion, that belt, that idea of a BMF? What, what was your sense of it? Uh, I, I think there's an ulterior motive there. That's, that's what I'm reading and what I'm seeing. They have aspirations of breaking into boxing, and they can't do that in the traditional sense with traditional rankings and traditional belts because that would require a separate sanctioning body that's controlled by an athletic commission and uh, alleviate some of the power that they have on mixed martial artists. And, and I think that's where they're, where they're headed and what they're trying to do. So this is in some ways was a test run. The BMF belt is something I think they want to transfer over and try to put on some boxing matches, maybe boxing MMA crossovers like the McGregor. Well, Masvidal's talking a lot or, about Canelo. I know Masvidal has been, been talking, talking a good game about that since his fight. Uh, so I think that's what that's all about, honestly. Um, but didn't Nate Diaz make that out of nothing? He gave him that idea. And then what, they just figure that in the next month? I'm not sure if that came. I mean, I like what Nate did. He, he blasted him on this whole USADA thing. And, and people think the USADA is some separate entity that's not controlled. And don't get yourself wrong. They are being paid by Zufa and the UFC. I guess it's not Zufa anymore. It's WME. But they are definitely an employee of the company. So they're, they're going to toe the line. They're not just going to buck the system. And how are these guys failing tests? And that's not coming out till after they fight, which is exactly what Nate Diaz highlighted in his tweets. And, and what was going on? And uh, miraculously, he was cleared two wow. two days later. I gotta like look. I am I have been as critical of uh, anti doping and mixed martial arts as anybody. I've tried to like offer solutions. You saw his entry into it was something that I thought was going to be a good thing. Um, and I still still think generally in terms of like changing a culture of doping and mixed martial arts, there's real power to it. Um, but I've been following along on this idea of you know all these contaminants that exists in the ecosystem here, not only in supplements, but actually like they're finding in beef well water and, and food supply, beef, uh, you know, even prescription medication. Now they're saying that they can test and find some of these contaminated banned substances. Um, that they're now saying, you know, we need thresholds for this sort of stuff. So even if you have a little bit that comes in your system, they've always operated on the idea of strict liability, where if it's in your body, you own it, right? Yep. They're, I don't disagree with that, honestly. Well, now they're saying that they don't think that that's the best way to go about it. And some people are saying, well, whoa, whoa, this is opening up a giant Pandora's box where all of a sudden there's a little leeway here as opposed to, no, you did it. Guys can find a scapegoat. Sure, but guys' reputations on the other side have been ruined because they've been testing positive for things that are such minute levels, mm -hmm. things that don't enhance, things that they didn't even put in their body. This is what they say. This Knowingly. Knowingly, correct. Um, so, you know, there's a discussion now unfolding about, 
do we just stick with this strict liability? It's in your system. We hammer you two years, you're done. Or do we need to come up with some common sense approach is what they're calling it. It's an interesting sort of uh, moment. Uh, and Nate's incident got caught up right in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. I was at a California Athletic Commission um, stakeholder hearing October 15th. And Nowitzki was there. And it was all about this threshold level. And they talked about all of this before the DS stuff yep. emerged, even before the test, before they knew the test results. So... I think there's things to criticize of the program, but I also think that there is some really good in there. Um, and it's interesting to hear you have, have the criticisms that you do. Yeah, right? My criticism is that why when that information was, when that test was failed and that information was taken, and that's three to six weeks before the fight, was that fighter allowed to continue and fight on fight night when they already knew, had that information, right. that that was my that's my Utah, Are you referencing Lesnar? It's not a, or, he's one of those situations. Right. There was a John Jones situation right, that was right. very similar. Right. There 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 have been a couple of instances sure. where that information was available pre-fight, but if it comes out pre-fight, it's going to cost the company a whole bunch of money. Right. They just lost their main event. Yeah, that's the truth of the matter. Sure, it's a it's a fine line they have to walk, right? Because as you said, USADA is paid by them, and it's their, um, you know, they're basically acting as a, a retailer for UFC doing uh, the drug testing, their drug, drug testing business. The, the only way to clean that up is to put USADA under Athletic Commission guidelines and rule yeah. and, and let the Athletic Commission, who was traditionally the ones who did these tests right. when they started testing in 2000, it was the Athletic Commission who assigned someone to me when I showed up at the arena and he literally followed me the entire night wherever I went, including the bathroom, until I gave that sample after my fight. Right. I mean, it had nothing to do with the company I was fighting for. It had everything to do with the athletic commission and the state that I was fighting in. And they still exist. California's doing their thing. Nevada's doing their thing. We were just in New York for this UFC 244. It's a, it's still a subject that um, continues to be something that's coming up in mixed yeah. martial arts. And, and, and like I said, you know, I've been on both sides of the coin. I fought, started fighting in 97. I knew there were guys I fought that were juiced. And I looked at that as an advantage to me. I knew they were going to blow up. I knew they were worried or thinking about the wrong things, not how to technically and tactically beat me in that fight. And and so I always looked at that as an advantage. If I suspected my opponent was doing that, then, then he his head was in the wrong space to be successful in that endeavor. That's and almost to a man, yeah. that was the case. Yeah. And then they started testing, which I was fine with. I came from Olympic wrestling where I was tested on a regular basis. They would literally show up at my door unannounced and and go give a sample that was it and it was very strict and very you know the book on banned substances for the olympic athletes is pretty significant so i was used to that protocol that was never an issue for me and i also saw the other side of it then what, what are your feelings uh, you mentioned nate and we talked a little bit about the bmf but the spectacle i mean if are you chalk it up just to this boxing potential we're going to create a belt that's outside the the structure of the um, license, you know, the um, the WBCs and IBFs, right? The sanctioning bodies. Outside of the sanctioning bodies for boxing. I mean, that's, that's, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Why yeah. Why would you create a whole new belt that's not associated it's, it's with any ranking or any title or anything? One-off marketing and, yeah, employee, wasn't it? What about the idea that Nate Diaz put forward about I mean, the they, baddest? You know? Why not make that an interim championship fight? I mean, well, that I seems they, to be the norm they nowadays. Do that now. We don't need uh, a BMF interim title. So That's a little know, bit much. Well, I mean... Uh, where does it stop? Yeah. What did you think about the fight? Did you watch on Saturday? I did watch the fight, yeah. and and it was a very good fight. Um, 
I did not disagree with the doctor stoppage of that fight. That was were both pretty nasty cuts, especially the one above his eye. But I also know Nate, and Nate's you know Nate's a friggin' warrior. He's a guy that's gonna scrap, and he, he kind of reminds me in some ways of Forrest Griffin. I don't think Forrest started fighting until he was bleeding. Right. I mean, it's the way it seems sometimes. So I, I get Nate's frustration, but I also understand that if I'm gonna err, I would rather have that doctor or those officials err on the side of safety. You know, nobody wants to see Nate's eye fall out of his head. So I mean. It is what it is. It was a tough one. I don't think anyone disagrees with what you had said. It was just the buildup around it and what that fight was about. I wrote that there was like a real irony in the fact that a regulator, a doctor, stepped in to stop it. It, it actually made it feel unnecessarily civilized for what they were trying to sell. <laughs> yeah. right? it was that, that was the confusion. It was like, wait, what is, no, what is going on? I want, a, I want a straight up brawl. Yeah. Well, I, you know what I feel bad for is I, I feel bad for The Rock because I think The Rock is catching a bunch of heat now for the BMF belt and getting involved. And I think his his intentions were genuine. I think, uh, uh, you know, I think he's a good guy. I don't think he, you know, th there are so many people that are chirping that you know, another way for them to exploit fighters and, and, you know, creating a whole new thing. And now they want to drag boxing and boxers into it and see if they can exploit some boxers too. And, and I don't think that, the Rock needs to carry any of that burden, though, you know, maybe he needs to know the landscape and what's really going on in this sport uh, before he attaches his name to, to being involved in a situation like that. And, and him yeah. signing on to do the smashing machine. I mean, right, I have mixed, mixed feelings because there are things that I know. I know Mark Kerr very, very well, and there are some things that aren't so shiny and pretty mm -hmm. that, that, that were going on and that led up to that whole thing and that whole story. So, and, and I'm not sure I want to highlight those types of things about our sport. Being honest, as much as I love Mark and, and, care, and know Mark very, very well, obviously through collegiate wrestling and freestyle and, and Greco-Roman wrestling, I know him and his story very, very well. So, you know, is that, is that shining the best light on who we are as athletes? Because I don't think the most of us are, are in those situations and, and you know, operate that way. Do you so. still feel, uh do you think you still hold on to some of that old school idea of when perception really mattered so much? I mean, look where the sport is and look how it's covered. Even if Mark Kerr has the worst life story, do you think that that's any kind of reflection on you or anyone else in this sport? I think it's easy for people to lump us all together. Yeah. I just went through doctors yeah. in, in, a, in a cardiac unit that I felt like every single one of them that walked into that room was looking at me like I'm some sort of juice head and that's what's caused this heart attack. And nothing could be further from the truth. So that's frustrating to me that that's just how we're looked at. Everybody assumes that we're all juice to the gills and just out there trying to pummel the shit out of each other. And the sport is way more technical than that. And, and there, we, we have way more integrity and, and you know, we're professionals. This is what we do. And does that mean that there are professionals out there that are going to try and find an, a loophole, trying to find a corner they can cut? Absolutely. That's human nature. But the vast majority of us don't do things like that. So, you know, we walk a fine line there between perception and how, I mean, wasn't that long ago I was walking into casting meetings and people were going, oh my God, you're one of those cage fighters. Like somehow we're criminal, criminals and might come over the table to, to bite them, you know, or to, to attack them. So perception means a lot. And, you know, it's, just, it's part of the world. The, 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 yeah, part of the world perception. Uh, we're at the point now where a sitting president of the United States is going to watch a UFC. 
I mean, that, yeah. that's kind of wild to me. That that been happened. a fan for a long time. I and, understand and I met him. Affinity, yes, for, I was a judge yeah. for Miss USA and met him there. And he was going on and on. It was right after the James Tony fight. And he was like, oh, man, you should have whipped him some more. He had it coming. And you were such a gentleman. I mean, he knew all about it. And so it was really intriguing and interesting to me. And he's been a fan for a long, long time. And obviously, you know, Dana spoke at the, the RNC, the, the Republican National Convention. And, uh, you know, there's there's a relationship and some history there. Him and Tito. Tito was on The Apprentice. You know, Tito knows him very, very well. He's a, a very avid supporter. So, you know, um, so I get it. I, I It's in New York. It's where he lives. So why wouldn't he be there? Yeah, I mean, he's in D.C. It's, it's hard for him. It's like, probably a nightmare for Secret it's Service. A, it's actually not where he lives because now he's moving permanently to Florida. He made, oh, that, okay. he made that decision. So, oh, good for him. Uh, he said the politicians in New York aren't very nice to him. So he's, he's leaving. Well, it's it's, it's definitely uh, become a blue state. It's, yeah, it's difficult. Um, I, I, I think that was... Uh, you know, there's been some badass presidents. Teddy Roosevelt was a pretty badass president of the United States. One of my favorites. And um, you know, he he did judo in the in the White House, and he mm-hmm. was interested in what martial artists were doing. Not a lot of really active sportsmen in the White House. I wouldn't call Trump an active sportsman, but he likes combat sports. He's always mm-hmm. liked combat sports. The first sanctioned, regulated UFC, UFC 28 main event, Randy Couture and, and Kevin Randleman, and that was at the Trump Taj Mahal. Yep, and Taj Mahal. Yeah. That's right. Do you remember him? Was he around uh, at that all? At all that. I didn't meet him there. I think he was there, uh, but I didn't. I didn't get a chance to meet him there. Where I did meet him, the first time was was at the uh, the affliction fights, and he was there, present and accounted for, and involved in in the whole affliction promotion when Fedor fought, and I got to go in the cage after Fedor's fight and shake his hand. And Trump was in the background and at that at that fight, and he was. He there. definitely loved the fights and like being there. I got in a little. Uh, you, you know, Tara La Rosa. Remember Tara, female yep. fighter, well known. Yep. Uh, she she's definitely a supporter of the president and she said something on twitter where she felt like he was uh he basically is the reason that mma survived like trump trump's involvement saved mixed martial arts and i thought that was too strong and i let her know that i didn't think that that really reflected the reality Mm. of yes he embraced early ufcs and brought them into new jersey uh that's great um the first event in new jersey in atlantic city was an ifc promoted by Paul Smith yep. and I was there. I remember. Uh, Gan McGee and, uh, uh, fought and like, that's, that's the reason why he banned these. Yeah. Right. I, no, thought I, was, I remember that yeah, fight. Of course. And I remember Paul Yeah, and Paul likes to take a lot of credit for, for the, you know, how far a lot of people did has yeah. come. So I think a lot of people deserve credit for it. And I was just reacted to her being so adamant that like Donald Trump was a reason why a big reason why the sport mm-hmm. is where it is. And he's done a lot of things in his life that are important, but I don't think that's one of them. That's just yeah. my, my impression. He was, I mean, he loved combat wanna, sports. Not that I give him credit, but McCain is the, was the first one to speak out against it, which, right. you know, we responded appropriately by running towards regulation right. and not shying economist. away from that battle yeah. with him. And, it, and if he hadn't been so vocal against MMA, maybe we wouldn't be where we are right now. We'd still be doing those kind of crazy fringe fights that, that we were doing back then. So I don't buy it. To say. I don't buy it. I think, <laughs> I think yes, he was definitely motivation and he, he, he was catalyst. For he was an sport. impetus That's to 100%. make us run towards regulation. I think this thing was always in a trajectory of where people would embrace yeah. him. And, you know, I remember when I stepped into it and, um, uh, ESPN for whatever reason wanted to interview me in like 2001, I was just starting and they'd interviewed George Will. He's like this really brilliant, like conservative columnist, right? Newspaper writer. And he goes, he waxes poetic about mixed martial arts and how it's the downfall of our society and our culture. And it's emblematic of all these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, I couldn't believe that they were asking me to respond to this guy, George Will, but I was basically said, well, I don't believe that. And if you believe that, don't watch. 
it's that simple. Just don't participate. Mm-hmm. It, no, no one is forcing you to, to watch these things. And they don't, I've, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that MMA is like a culturally valuable thing. Mm-hmm. The, the negatives really don't, uh, you know, trump the positives. Yeah, I was on a morning show in ESPN. This was right after the Fertitas bought the company. They had a couple of us on this morning show over the ESPN, and they brought a neuro, you know, neuro doctor on there who was obviously against combative sports and went on about his son wrestling and how brutal and, and mean and, and hurtful we all were and this this whole thing. And I was like, you know, and here I am on a couch with this guy. And I'm, like you, I was like, how do I respond to this, you know? It's not what we're about. It's not who it is. You can understand is. his perspective, right? I mean, he comes from a genuine point of like science and, you know, this I have a feel and like very empathetic person, but, you know, doesn't it doesn't account for another person's freedom to do what they want in life. And it's not really a situation where what they're doing is, is hurting you. They're making their own choices, right? Yeah. You, you, you make your yeah. own choices as a fighter to do Nobody's that. Nobody's dragging these people to the fights yeah. or dragging them, making yeah. them watch on the, on the television. That's why I think it would work no matter so. what, because it, it was always yeah. attractive to people. Yeah. Enough now we're getting ESPN documentaries on, on mixed martial arts, the ESPN 30 mm-hmm. for 30. Um, yeah. On Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. Chuck, yeah. Did you have a chance to see it? I, I knew it was on, but I was busy and, and I didn't get a chance to watch it. And I got a bunch of texts about it because evidently I was mentioned yes. through the course of the show. It was pretty important that you were mentioned in that. All, yeah. all that stuff that went on. So, uh, But I didn't get a chance to watch it, unfortunately. I probably need to pull it up and look at it, but uh, I just haven't had a chance. Uh, it's interesting to, you know, to see MMA and from that time period and some of the things that they say or the reasons for why it got to where it did and everything. It, mm-hmm. It's a good document. I was involved with it as a researcher. I was interviewed on camera for it. Um, so um, when you get a chance, when you're not getting your blood work or, or, <laughs> yeah. or walking to hospitals or on a, on a film set riding horses or whatever, there's a <laughs> yeah. chance to watch some documentaries. Um, Randy Couture, it's always been a, a pleasure to ch- chat with you and, and more so now than ever, really, considering uh, what we've all heard about you for the last couple of weeks. And, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, the, obviously the outpouring of, of uh, love and affection was overwhelming. Uh, once it hit, it was, it was insane. Really, really crazy. And tons of family, tons of friends, tons of uh, people that I've met over the years in, in this crazy ride all reached out to me and sent videos and all just all kinds of stuff. So it was really touching and, and emotional. And Anyone you were surprised to hear from? You're like, oh, I didn't think I'd hear from that guy. Um, I mean, I heard from ex-wives. I heard, you know, it was the gambit. I mean, yeah. every, every, everybody, honestly. Obviously, my immediately, you know, my immediate family, my sure. mom, my sisters, my my kids, you know, Ryan and Emily drove out here the second they heard what happened. So, and they spent the weekend with us. So, how, how did it inform you? How did it change your perspective? Now, I mean, you're now there's, you know, pre it, heart it's, attack, post heart attack, Randy Couture. Now. Yeah, it, it just solidified to me that you just really never know when you're going to draw that last breath, and and you need to live your life to the fullest. Why, why you have the fortitude to do that. And that was already my opinion. I mean, I, I feel you have no idea how blessed I think I am and, and this life and this journey and this road that I've been on and all the ups and downs and all this stuff uh, all contributes. And that hasn't changed. My perception of that hasn't changed. I, I still feel absolutely blessed. And, and now it's up to me to figure out what, what this means. What, you know, why did this happen? You know, keeping my eyes open. I went through divorces. I went through lots of stuff, and those things all happen for a reason. Sometimes that was something me had to look inside myself and figure out what what I did to contribute to that negative situation. It's not always a negative. Sometimes you, 
positive things happen from those situations. And though I think that perception and perspective for me hasn't changed. And if anything, it's more acute now than it, than it was before. So I want to continue to live my life and do the things I want to do, the things that make me happy, continue to help the people that, that are important uh, to me, that mean something to me and that have meant something on my journey, uh, predominantly those guys that are wearing that uniform since 9-11. You know, I made that choice. I wore that uniform for six years. Those are those people that made that commitment too, took that oath. That those are people I want to support, continue to support. I'm enjoying this this whole acting thing, as much as I love our gym and you know I'm happy Ryan and Eric do such a great job there because then I can focus on this other stuff. I don't have to be in there every single day, kind of grinding that out. They they they're in there doing that. So. Um, I just, I feel really blessed and fortunate for all of it. Thanks again to Randy, the natural couture for his time. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, it was a great opportunity to catch up with Randy and really see how the man's doing. I can tell you, um, he looks good. I mean, he's out there riding horses on movie sets. He's doing just fine. Um, he seems to have, uh, moved on from a pretty scary, scary incident in a, in a way that I think most of us can identify with. So, um, thank goodness for Randy couture. Um, again, if you want to listen to the extended full version of the show ad free, please subscribe to the athletic, uh, go to theathletic.com backslash Josh gross for 40% off the annual subscription. This week we talk about UFC 244 and president Trump and also, uh, this fun BMF tournament that I put together. Uh, hope you enjoy the full show if you have a chance to listen to it. Uh, but if you want just this version, uh, no shame in that, uh, do us a favor, please subscribe on Apple podcasts, get the latest version as quickly as it comes out and if you leave a nice rating and review i'd really appreciate that as well Uh, thanks as always for listening to gross point blank i am josh gross